faithwire.com. UFO sightings are increasing, according to the DOD, and Congress holds its first hearing on the subject in decades. Let the conspiracy theories fly. Today is Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4-3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Subscribe to us on iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, all that good stuff. Leave a comment, rating, whatever. Whatever's on there for you to do, do it. Go ahead and do it. We'd love to have you with us as we go through the news of the day from a Christian perspective. As always, with me, Trey Gones Phillips, Billy Hallowell, CBN's Faithwire, with a look at what's coming up on the pod today. What's going on, fellas? Happy Tuesday. We're almost to the weekend. <laughs> Getting there. Uh, we, it's close. Yeah. I can almost taste it. 40% of the way there. Uh, yeah. That doesn't sound so great. No. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, it felt exciting and like a good idea when I said it, and then I said it, and I thought, wow. Now that means we have 60 per then never mind. Never mind that I brought it up. My bad. <laughs> so anyway, what do we have coming up? So I, we're going to talk about this horrific story as a Texas teenager. She went to an NBA game with her dad as a Dallas Mavericks game. She went to the bathroom at about halftime and she didn't come back and he, she was missing for 10 days. Mm. So we'll get into that story. And we're going to be talking about, and by the way, if I never heard the words Disney or Reedy Creek again, I'd be happy. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about yeah. Disney Plus and um, a reportedly new plan they have to try to keep their platform, quote, family friendly. Oh, goodness. I'm sure it's going well. I mean, <laughs> well, it's news of the cray, so I'm just assuming that news it's of the not. Cray every single day you know? with cray. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to start here with story number one being this um briefing today this hearing on ufos so the pentagon today showcased some declassified photos and videos of ufos to congress and that included a flying object without a quote specific explanation end quote and so lawmakers were pressing military officials on some of these mysterious sightings so all the conspiracy theories now are starting to flood in about ufos and all the people who've said that ufos exist and aliens exist they are they're chomping at the bit now. And so Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, Scott Bray, was one of the officials that briefed Congress. And uh, here's a little bit about uh, what he said uh, before he got into the Q&A uh, with members uh, of, the, uh, of the panel. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to be here today to highlight the ongoing work of the Department of Defense uh, regarding unidentified aerial phenomena. Since the early 2000s, uh, we have seen an increasing number of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft or objects in military-controlled training areas uh, and training ranges and other designated airspace. Reports of sightings are frequent and continuing. We attribute this increase in reporting to a number of factors, including our work to destigmatize reporting, an increase in the number of new systems such as quadcopters and unmanned aerial systems that are in our airspace, uh, identification of what we can classify as clutter, mylar balloons, and other types of, uh, of air trash, and improvements in the capabilities of our various sensors to detect things in our airspace. So there you go, guys. They're not they're not alien spaceships. We just got air trash up there. Uh, uh, but they obviously count some of these this increase in sightings to the technology that's out there. So now we've got drones flying around, and we've got better um video capabilities so they're catching more things so that obviously makes a lot of logical sense um but uh they did release some of the videos in these hearings there was one brief sort of shaky one where a small object just kind of 
zip past the military pilot. You could see it going quick. Um, there was another one where a video and a similar photo taken at a different time. There were these glowing triangles uh, that were going through these night goggles that were in the night sky. And so it, it looked pretty crazy. They ended up actually being able to identify uh, that one, but um, they figured it out after uh, a while. They were saying that it was, um, I don't know, some sort of drone or something like that, uh, that that they could identify, but looks kind of really crazy. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen some of these videos, but some of this stuff looks wild, you know, where they're going really fast right, right over the water, some of them, um, and you just really shake your head and go, what in the world is that? Um, but they were talking about how they're trying to, uh, and you can just see in the name of it, by the way, they call it, they don't call it UFOs. This, this new, um, sort of agency here in the government's called unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP. And so they're the UAP task force. So it, it's, it's kind of a little less, uh, I don't know, meme-ish than UFOs, the UFO task force. So the, the UAP, nobody knows what that is. So they've kind of softened the, the, conspiracy on that so to speak so is when you actually think about it unidentified flying object is not it shouldn't automatically mean that it's a alien from space it could be but it it should just make you realize there are some things we don't know what they are we maybe it's military from other countries flying drones around who knows um so we just don't know what it is so there's no need to immediately go to the aliens dancing around with big heads and eyes. So, uh, but they did go through some of these examples and talked about the 2021 report, which, um, had a redacted classified version of, which was published by, uh, an outlet called the black vault earlier this year that said the government recorded 144 reports from 2004 to 2021, including 80 that quote involved observation with multiple sensors end quote. Uh, the report also included information on common shapes of UAPs, although the entire sections on the shapes are redacted. Government said that the that UAPs probably lack a single explanation. And uh, again, they talked about the airborne clutter, birds, balloons, or natural atmospheric phenomena, ice crystals, things like that, and sometimes highly classified U.S. government programs. I mean, who knows what kind of weapons and and sort of vehicles that we're working on you, you never find out about that stuff until years and years later so so if you were hoping that this um hearing in congress was going to give you confirmation that space aliens exist well you're not getting it not this time anyway so so why does it matter i mean you have i mean ufos inevitably leads to thoughts of space aliens guys and that's a big topic uh it's an it's a topic that people are interested in they you know, you look at the size of the universe and, you know, I was on vacation in Kentucky last week. And, um, if you ever go to the creation museum, which is separate from the, I mean, they're same groups, Ken Ham's group, but they different locations, but there's a, they've got a planetarium and you, you take this amazing sort of ride back and see how big the universe is. So when you see the vastness of the universe, it's, it doesn't feel like a stretch to think, huh, maybe there are some some other life forms out there, but what implications does that have on our faith? And can, can there be uh, life on other planets and still be our faith? What does it all mean? So uh, that's why I think people are interested in that question. And I'm interested to hear uh, your guys, your guys take on all this. Yeah. I mean, my, my view, 
has always been that there's very likely not going to be yeah. life in terms of what we are as human beings, right? Yeah. You know, you may you may have organisms or even animals other places, who knows? But, you know, I think the unique thing about Earth, and when you look at sort of the, the creation account, not that it, it cuts out any other possibility, but is that it sustains life, right? If the Earth yeah. was off of its, its axis even a little bit, we would burn or freeze, right? <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, I think that it is really interesting. And you wonder why God created the other planets. Why? You know, I often feel like you have to sort of, God sort of put everything out there just enough for you to need to have faith to believe, right? There's enough elements to make you question mm -hmm. and really ponder and think. And as far as the alien stuff goes, you know, look, there are a lot of weird things, a lot of interesting things. I do find it compelling that a culture that is so... Uh, I, want, I don't want to use the word revolted, but it feels that way at moments by truth in God and pushing away from those things is so desperate to find something transcendent or something outside of earth, right? Like people yeah. are so captivated by this. And so I find that I find that really interesting. And who knows? I mean, you can get super theological about how this sort of stuff plays out in sort of end times theology or whatever. But I don't think this is the last of the alien conversation. Yeah. I'll just add to that real quick, uh, Trey, before you hop in. I, I mean, you said like why, you know, you look at the vastness of the universe, as I was saying. And and what I was thinking as I'm watching that presentation and, and going through just the just how incredibly I mean, you feel so small watching that. But I think I think it's almost like God just showing off like his majesty and just how big he actually is and how incredible he is. And you, know, you look around at all the gajillions of planets that are out there and like you said billy like this this one has has water and the ability for life and life on it and you just don't see it anywhere else and it, it to me that that indicates even more chance that that god is real that that this is uh, all his doing when you see that it just doesn't pop up anywhere else like this is not some common phenomena <laughs> That just all was a happy accident. Yeah. And we wrote about this actually a couple of years ago, but um, Billy Graham actually said uh, a couple different times in his life, he talked about the possibility of life on other planets. Uh, and he said that, you know, God is big enough. Scripture is obviously clear enough and, and, and big enough too to accommodate for life elsewhere. You know, I'd, I probably agree with you, Billy, that it's most likely not intelligent life or it's not, it's not life that has souls, right? It's not, uh, it's not human life. Um, but if, you know, if there is other life out there, you know, there, that doesn't, like Billy Graham was saying, that doesn't do anything uh, to take away from my faith that Jesus is who he says he is. Um, so, you know, we, he, he just left the door open. I thought that was, was kind of interesting. Um, but then uh, this, uh, this latest development about the UFOs reminded me of, um, of what Demi Lovato said last fall. I don't know if y'all remember, uh, but oh, she said no. that it's offensive. It's <laughs> offensive to call them aliens. We need to stop doing uh -oh. that. She said, uh, I think we have to stop calling them aliens because aliens is a derogatory term mm. for anything. That's why I call them ETs or extraterrestrials. Um, so ETs. she said that's a little bit, a little bit of information that she's learned from her <laughs> alleged communication she claims to have had with uh extraterrestrial so <laughs> another, another, i don't know if maybe maybe she alum. just watched maybe she just watched the movie et one yeah. times we've got to call them et's how do you know they're not offended by that that's uh <laughs> right has they told you specifically they, they, that yeah next up uh. we'll be canceled for <laughs> misnaming and misgendering aliens <laughs>
I just is, I had yeah. to bring it up. It was yeah, the no, low hanging fruit. It was the so. low hanging fruit, and uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate that you brought that up. <laughs> so, all right, well, we'll move into story number two, and this one is quite a bit heavier. It, it a wild story. So, uh, we'll just get right into it. On April eighth, a fifteen year fifteen year old girl uh, went to an NBA game, a Dallas Mavericks game in Dallas, uh, with her dad. Uh, but it was 10 days before the father saw his daughter again. Uh, the teenager, she's from North Richland Hills, Texas. Uh, like I said, she was at a Mavericks game at the American Airlines Center in Dallas when she went to the bathroom just a few minutes before halftime, according to a local news report. And surveillance footage that was seen later uh, showed that night that the girl left the arena with a man who they had not identified at the time uh, and never returned to her seat at the game, obviously. Uh, police found the young teenager a week and a half later on April 18th in a hotel room in Oklahoma City. Uh, she was rescued after the girl's parents, and this is just devastating, uh, had to identify her through naked photos that were posted online advertising her for sex. Uh, Zeke Fortenberry, the attorney representing the family of the kidnapped girl, said it was a total uh, of 11 days uh, before the girl was finally physically reunited reunited with her parents in Texas. Uh, so Fortenberry, there are a lot of details here uh, as to how all of this happened and how there were no red flags that were noticed early enough that stopped this from, from happening or you know that led to the girl being rescued sooner than 10 or 11 days later. Uh, Fortenberry is arguing that the police in Dallas and North Richland Hills should have done more to help the father find his kidnapped daughter uh, he also listed the attorney, the arena, the Mavericks organization, and the Oklahoma City Hotel as parties that could have pre potentially prevented uh, the horrific crime. Fortenberry said this girl was being sexually assaulted in a hotel room multiple nights. Anytime she could have been rescued from that sooner would have been better. Uh, so he also said the hotel staff should have immediately noticed something was off uh, when they arrived, explaining when a 40-year-old something man walks into the hotel with a 15-year-old girl and rents multiple hotel rooms, and then there's traffic coming in and out of those rooms. Those are all red flags, the attorney said. Now I want to back up a little bit to the night that uh, this father's 15-year-old daughter went missing. So he uh, reportedly, according to Fortenberry, he immediately talked to, after it had been a while and it was odd that she wasn't back yet, she'd just gone to the bathroom, so he notified the Dallas police who were at the stadium uh, providing security for the game, uh, and they reportedly referred him to the police in his hometown uh, of North Richland Hills uh, because that's where he's from. Uh, then the police in North Richland Hills referred him back to the Dallas police because they said, this is your residence, but the crime didn't happen here. It happened in Dallas, so it's outside of our jurisdiction. Uh, so he was sent back to the police who originally sent him to another police department. Uh, they coordinated with each other eventually, and the two police departments by two, by well, 1.30, or about 1.30 a.m., uh, they finally got the daughter added to a missing person's database online. And then it wasn't until 3.30 in the morning, roughly, that the two police departments coordinated uh, and got a bulletin sent out locally uh, about the, the young girl being missing. Uh, and then there wasn't much work done at all because she was presumed well she was it was within such a short period of time she was presumed to have been a runaway until more time uh, lapsed that she had not returned home 
unfortunately, the the police were not able to or didn't, you know, so there's there's an, a case pending right now figuring out what exactly happened, but the police didn't get anything done that helped to rescue uh, his daughter, obviously. Uh, so it was actually uh, a anti-sex trafficking organization, the Texas Counter-Trafficking Initiative, uh, that finally was able to locate uh, this young girl uh, when they were just doing uh, searches of online uh predators who had been posting pictures and she was one of them uh, they were doing an online trace of those pictures and trying to match them with a database of missing children uh, and there was a match uh, so they immediately notified the parents the parents like i said earlier identified that it was their daughter based on those pictures those explicit pictures uh, and that initiative the anti-sex trafficking initiative immediately contacted the hotel or the police in Oklahoma City uh, where the hotel you know was where the girl was uh, and they were able to launch an investigation there uh, and a few days later uh, they successfully got her uh, and authorities ultimately charged eight people with various crimes ranging from felony warrants to human trafficking rape uh, the sergeant, uh, Dylan Quirk of the Oklahoma City Police Department, he said it's not something that we take lightly whenever we're given tips or information that there is someone that we believe to be in danger, possibly in our area. Fortunately, it really worked out in the end to find this person safely. Uh, so law enforcement officers in Oklahoma City were notified of the missing girl on the 14th. Uh, she was reunited with her family uh, on the 18th. Uh, they were told that a teen girl from Dallas was at the local hot hotel in Oklahoma City where she was, quote, being trafficked for commercial sex purposes. Uh, the local law enforcement officer's investigation led them to convicted sex offender Kenneth Nelson, who's believed to be the one uh, who kidnapped her. Uh, he used an Oklahoma state ID uh, under an alias to purchase a collection of hotel rooms, and according to an affidavit filed by police, they obtained a search warrant for those hotel rooms that were rented by Nelson. And during the search, officers were able to identify the location shown in the explicit photos of the underage girls. Another woman, Karen Gonzalez, one of the eight that were arrested, uh, was charged as the one who took the pictures of the kidnapped teenager and posted them online. So it's just a, an, an absolutely awful and despicable story. As far as why it matters is, of course, uh, it's important to highlight these kinds of stories because... It could happen to anybody, unfortunately. I mean, this this is the kind of stuff that 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 happens, uh, sadly. So so it, it's important to highlight it. And also, I know that we're a praying audience. We have the CBN and Faithwire audience uh, loves to to hear stories and ways that they can pray for people. Uh, and this is a, we don't have the girl's name or the family's name. Obviously, they're protecting her identity. Uh, but certainly, be involved or be praying for anybody involved, all the people involved in this situation, because there's a lot of unanswered questions right now about what the police could have done, should have done, uh, that could have led to her being rescued sooner. But obviously, too, uh, praise God that she was rescued because a lot of these stories don't end this way. Yeah. And, uh, man, I'm telling you what, hearing all this stuff, it really makes me, really affirms me in my decision to, like, rest stops or wherever, like, large venues like that. I always, my daughter's 17 now, but I I don't, I don't, I just, I, I don't know, I always thought, am I the helicopter parent that's just kind of over, uh, maybe it's because I'm in news and I see all these news stories all the time that I'm always, you know, we go into a rest stop, I don't just let her go into the rest stop, you know, and wait outside or not pay attention, I always go along and 
you know, I thought maybe I was being a little obsessive, but then you hear this and it's just like, my goodness. I mean, I've been to plenty of, I used to live in Dallas. I've been to Mavericks games before and you know, you, you just, it, everyone there seems pretty friendly and you just, uh, you just, you don't even think that that's even a possibility at a place like that, but man, that's uh terrifying. And in so many things I'm thinking as I'm, as I'm listening to that story, but terrifying is, is definitely the primary one because that is that motivating factor of why I'm always there. You know, when the kids going into the bathroom, whatever, like you don't, I don't, I'm not the guy that just takes it for granted. And, uh, it's stories like this that keep me doing that. Yeah, no. And, and I think, I mean, we just forget sometimes the, the horrific things that happen in the world. I don't think you're overboard for doing that, especially with how many of these stories that we see. It's just unimaginable to me that at every level, if this is all true and it all checks out the way that, you know, we've heard the details, this family was failed at almost every single yeah. level, right? I mean, it's just, it's it's so horrific and so sad. Um, but you hear these stories a lot where the police are like, oh, that's not my jurisdiction. And I, I get that. But in a case like this, it's like, well, you better make it your jurisdiction or figure it out. Um, but again, we don't know all the details. I think the the big takeaway is that we live in a depraved and crazy culture and we need to be on alert at all times. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That brings us to you brought up Demi Lovato. I believe she's a Disney <laughs> alum. So that brings us to our our <laughs> Our Disney story, which is something that we've said a thousand times. There's so there's many. There's always a Disney story. There's always a Disney story. It's it's always going on here. So this one is is a brief one, but it is really interesting. Uh, Variety and a number of other outlets are reporting that Disney is apparently planning to curtail certain types of advertisements that will be available on a new tier of Disney Plus. Now they're creating a new advertising advertising supported tier it'll be cheaper for disney plus you'll have four minutes of ads that will air you know over the course of an hour basically if you pay this lower rate it's apparently going to um, come out later this year but that's not the story the story is that they're going to be curtailing the ads because they're apparently according to variety concerned about keeping their quote family friendly image um, and we'll get into the irony of that in a second. Uh, but they're not going to, according to reports, allow political or alcohol ads. So anything advertising alcohol or politics will not be allowed um, on the platform. Of course, this is sort of ironic and intriguing because of all the chaos that's been going on. Not just, you know, we've talked a lot in recent months about Disney but really for years now, concerns about the Disney Channel, concerns about LGBTQ content, concerns that you can't just sit your kid in front of Disney content um, and not worry. You have to kind of worry. This has been going on uh, for quite a while. It, it's just interesting that alcohol and politics are suddenly things they don't want to advertise because of this family-friendly image that, by the way, lots of other people are no longer seeing. They're not seeing Disney as having this family-friendly image. And it's based, again, on that concerning content, this feeling, especially for Christian parents, that we have to vet everything, which we should be doing anyway, right. but that there's enough of this content that's problematic that you can't trust the brand. And brand trust is incredibly important. Um, Trey, you reported yesterday on a survey, and this was pretty shocking, commissioned by NBC News, that found that only 33% of American respondents had a very or somewhat positive view of Disney. That is very low, 33%, yeah. especially when a survey last year 
found it at found it to be 77% favorability. Mm-hmm. That's a massive drop. And so obviously we're talking about the the bigger general issues we've discussed about content. Um, and we don't need to relitigate the whole thing, but it's no secret that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been arguing and fighting with the Walt Disney Company back and forth over the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill, which is really the Parental Rights and Education um, Act that will go into effect on July 1st. So there's a lot there's a lot happening there. And I think what you're watching, a number of things, the content concern that was already there, this battle with Ron DeSantis, and then these videos that we've covered that have been leaking out showing all sorts of strange comments internally from not only executives, but from people creating content for Disney, um, basically saying things about LGBTQ issues. One executive talked about wanting to see many, many more characters um, who are LGBTQIA being represented in movies and TV shows. So, so there's a lot happening here. And I would bring people back. Um, and I know people are spinning this survey with the 33%. Um, and Trey, we were talking about this, you know, spinning it as though, oh, well, it's, you know, higher than support for other people like DeSantis. If your support, if you're Disney, your support should be in the 70s at least. You know, right, you're, I mean, everybody yeah. knows who you are. Yeah. Right. Everybody knows who you are. You're a massive kids brand. There were some other survey results that we didn't talk about on the show that came out in early April. Um, 70%, actually, before I even give you the results, let me give you the question. People were, it was basically posed, news reports reveal Disney is focusing on creating content to expose young children to sexual ideas. Does this make you more or less likely to do business with Disney? So that was the question that was posed um, to respondents. And 70% almost of those respondents said that they would be less likely to do business with Disney. This was early April. 57% said they would be much less likely to do business with the brand. Um, nine, 9% nine somehow said they would be more likely to support the brand. That's a little disturbing. Um, and then 23% said there was no difference. But the point is the majority of Americans hearing that there would be sexual ideas in content geared toward children wanted nothing to do with Disney um, or, or were less likely to want to do business with them. So we don't know where this saga is going. The why it matters is obvious. I don't even think we need to say it. it this is a massive, it's the biggest kids company by far in the world. We don't know where it's going to go next. Are they going to dig in on their fight against the Parental Rights and Education Act and other social causes? Are they going to scale back, realizing that these surveys are really not great? If you're a company looking at this content, and by the way, the weird thing is they have not been hurt financially. They had a really good quarter, but who knows what's going to happen this quarter. Uh, but we don't know where it's going to go. So I guess we'll we'll leave it there, but crazy. Well, they, they are getting hurt in the stocks terribly i mean they've had a horrible drop since the since the beginning of the year um it's just been on a steady decline and really cratered in the last month or so um so i think i I don't know i mean is that due to just the market because the market's kind of had some downturns or is it a reflection of people are just fed up with i mean they're doing everything they can to shed good people who don't who even if they agree on the to- on some of the things that their Disney's weighing in on, it's just who wants their kids to be fo- hyper focused on sex and sexuality and gender ideologies. Right. Like that's just it's not, not necessary. People. It not is not people. necessary. No, you you think of the libs of TikTok account and the ones that keep popping up on there, and that seems to be the ones who want it. And everyone else is kind of like, eh, can we just talk about things like making friends? I mean, how hard, how difficult is this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think 
it'll be interesting to see how this is borne out because obviously we're coming up on vacation time. This is when a lot of people are starting to take trips to Disney if they're going to go to Disney. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, also, new Marvel movies coming out, and there's a lot of uh, Marvel shows that have just been added to Disney+. Plus. So it'll be interesting to see, do these surveys, which are showing that Disney's approval rating is way, way down. Their favorability is, like you said, Billy, is at 33%. Uh, that's just what people are saying, though, when they take these surveys, either on the phone or online. So, But is it going to translate into actionable steps of like boycotting the company or canceling your Disney trips or not going right now. It's not really clear if that's going to happen. Cause like you said, they had a good quarter financially. So, but you know, it might be in the future quarters and then, you know, after the summer season, uh, we might see some, some downturn in traffic toward Disney. Uh, but I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see at the end of the summer to look back and see uh, where there are some actionable impacts on Disney's bottom line. Uh, or or not so well i want to make one more point about that too because i think the the automatic assumption is that a company is going to lose money right away right that right people are going to Which stop is not buying always accurate well and you just i mean you just made the case for why that might not happen they have all this new content coming out and you can only get it there and they bought up basically everything so if you want to enjoy your life at all you have to go to disney plus right um and <laughs> but but I think the bigger problem that has long-term ramifications is that trust factor. And the yeah. fact that people are not seeing them favorable means they're not trusting them. I do not trust Disney. I will not sit my kids in front of it anymore. If you had asked me this question eight years ago and there was a Disney Plus, I would have said, yeah, I trust Disney. Um, generally, I would have vetted it, but not like this. I mean, my kids wanted to watch Sneakerella or whatever it is the other night, and I vetted it, and I read about it, and I said, no, we're not watching it. So, yeah, this is this is the world that we're living in now. And if they want to not be trusted, that is going to, I think, long-term impact them. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. had to look up what Sneakerella is. By yeah. The way. I have no that idea makes that two is. of us. Try. I thought I'm you were joking. Right like I thought that was a slang term for Cinderella or something. And it's, so it's an actual thing, huh? <laughs> it is. It's All a right. crisis, but yeah. it's a thing. Disney channel movie. I'll trust yeah. your review and I'll just automatically yeah. skip it. So yeah. Like I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is all the time we have for, this episode today that's it and uh, we will be back here uh, tomorrow with more news from a christian perspective as always head on over cbnnews.com faithwire.com for more don't forget to subscribe all that fun stuff and uh, and check out our special biden's border it's on youtube you can find it on faithwire.com as well god bless see you back here tomorrow lord willing and the creek don't rise